0: Greetings, travelers. The following episode includes a special guest. Now, sometimes our guests speak about uncomfortable subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm author Mark Muncie.
1: And I'm author Erica Lance.
0: And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers.
1: Greetings, travelers.
0: Yes, yes, we are we are here in Nightmare November.
1: Nightmare November. I, I'm not a songstress. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm
0: not good at it either. So yeah. you know this this is what it is. But you know it's it's almost Turkey time it's almost the food holidays. The food um,
1: holidays coming up, but I'm going to be in Hawaii during the food holiday.
0: Yeah, and we have a we have a special episode where I'm going to be discussing the first Thanksgiving and not the one you think. We're going to talk about the real first Thanksgiving. So, uh, where where we get to talk uh, alligators and some other things. Uh going to be fun. Yeah, because of all this, we're cramming in guests. We are just exploding with so much fun. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for liking and sharing and subscribing. We're leaps and bounds over where we thought we'd be this time of year. So thank you all so much. And with that, because of that, we've been getting some amazing guests. And today is no exception. Erica, wow. are you
1: excited? I, I was going to try to do my excitement, but you went just on a whole entire thing. So I didn't even get two words of my excitement. I in noticed there.
0: that. I forgot that you were on. So yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So. You know what? I'm going to introduce our guest because you are out of control yet again, because I know you're a huge fan of this guest, and this is what happens when you're a huge fan of the guest. I know so Mark is going to shish it now, and I get to introduce this amazing guest. I met this amazing guest for the first time at the Mothman Festival, which was awesome. We were in a booth across from this gentleman and his partner, and just Thoroughly amazing getting to meet, see everything, and be a part of that. So, without further ado, and no ado at all, it's Mr. Dave Spinks. Welcome to Erie Travels. Hey,
2: guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: So... For any listeners who may not be familiar with you, because they live under a rock or something ridiculous like that, explain a little bit about who you are. Because you're a paranormal investigator. You're you're there's a long list of what you are. So I'm going to let you <laughs> take it away.
2: I don't know what I am. I just do all of it. So I mean, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a military veteran as well of eight years in the U.S. Air Force, one year in the Army National Guard.
1: Uh, thank you for your service.
2: Like, uh, thank you. No problem. Uh, that's what I do, <laughs> but uh, I was also in federal law enforcement after that retired, uh, from a, over 20 a year government career. And I've been doing the paranormal ever since I was a young man due to some experiences I had. Um, uh, because to me, uh, you know, it's some of man's greatest unanswered questions and having had those experiences, I just were seeking my own answers, so to speak when it first started. And then it morphed into, helping people, you know, with negative type hauntings and trying to document paranormal evidence to show people, hey, this stuff is really all around us and there's unknown creatures among us. To me, it's kind of like my mantra, you know, the three things. Uh, what happens to us when we die? Are we alone in the universe? And are there unknown creatures walking among us? You know, and we know that uh, they document new species on this planet almost daily, if not weekly, uh, all around the world in the oceans and everything else. So, you know, it's fascinating stuff. And, you know, recently with the whole UFO thing, government all but coming out and saying it, you know, yeah, there's unknown craft flying in the sky. We don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating (laughs) stuff.
1: No, it's true. So one of the things I thought was really fascinating, and we talked about this a little bit when we met, was I think, you know, there's a lot of paranormal investigators out there. And some of them do a phenomenal job, like yourself and stuff. And then there (laughs) are people shouldn't be doing this that's a gentle way of putting it what i thought was fascinating though is you come from a federal investigative background so you're not going into this going look everything's a demon we're not going to mention that what show we're talking about but right you know and you don't approach things like that you approach things with also not only the the willingness to believe in all of that stuff and the belief from your history but also like let's do a proper investigation how you get to the truth of a situation right and not what you want the answer to be
2: yeah and unfortunately you know it's called the paranormal or the supernatural for a reason because it really can't be recreated using the scientific method which in some aspects it kind of can But other aspects, it can't. And, you know, if anyone out there listening has ever done any of this stuff, they understand that we often leave with many more questions than we first started with at any given location. But we know that there's many credible people out there that have been having experiences and they know that they had an experience that may have been life changing in some aspect, some way, shape or form. And that I think uh, that's one reason people do this. Another reason is that uh, they've lost someone close to them uh, and they want to try to communicate with that person if, if, if at all possible. There's many different reasons people delve into this and then some delve in it purely by to be scientific to try to show if there is or isn't these type of things running around the planet you know, um, and others do it because they know for a fact, because they've had a life-changing experience and they want to share those things with other people who have had a life-changing experience. And um, I do it for all of those combined, you know, I've had experiences, I've lost people close to me, but I don't, you know, for me personally, we're on our own personal journey when we're doing this stuff. And I'd like to help people too. I mean, obviously I was in (laughs) law enforcement in the military and that's kind of built into my whole persona, you know, and uh, if someone calls me for help. You better believe if I can go help them, I'm going to go help them. If I can't help them, I'll call someone closer to them that they, that they may be able to help them. So, you know, that's what it's all about, about helping each other, even helping spirits that may be stranded or stuck here or be maybe being held captive here in some way, shape or form. So it's all helping It's helping the whole universe in my in, at my point of view.
1: And I love that you said that because we talk about this, like we get a lot of listener questions and stuff where they ask us whether or not we think they're crazy when they tell us the story, which the answer is always no, you know what I mean? There's preternatural, there's stuff we just don't know what it Mm -hmm. is. Now we don't, um, and Mark is a huge advocate. We never say we're experts. The only thing we're experts on is being ridiculous human beings. Like we're (laughs) experts at that, but we're not experts on All of this other stuff, we have experiences and we can say what we think it might be, but we always acknowledge that and go, you should find help. And I love that you said that because we say, find a paranormal team. If you don't know how to do that, you can reach out to us and we will reach out to them for you. A reputable paranormal team to help you go look into some of these situations or a reputable cryptid or creature investigator that will come help you no cost like kind of thing like they're not you know the goal isn't to go they want five thousand dollars to come investigate your haunted house because that's a problem but I love that you said that so can we talk a little bit about what made you decide or what was the first like turning point in your journey to be doing investigations for other people
2: well it's a great question um it kind of just happened that way because I was already on my own journey, my own search for answers, you know, and over the years, you meet many people, you know, I was in the military and I was doing this stuff while I was in the military as well, overseas and abroad and, and here in the States. And one, you know, Joe down the Road friend that I know, you know, I know a guy and his friend is having some weird stuff going on in his house. He gets a call from them saying, hey, man, I don't know what to do. I'm We're having these weird stuff. And he goes, oh, I know a guy that does that. So, it kind of started out just by happenstance. And I would go in, try to document, try to help them figure out what it was and refer them to the proper clergy or whatever I thought was going on. And, and, you know, after submitting my evidence to the clergy and who other people I work with in the metaphysical and spiritual r- world that could go in and possibly help get rid of that stuff for those f- folks. And, you know, it's not, And I've met many, so many people over the years, worked with some of the many great big names like Donnie Zappas and Rosemary Ellen Giley and so many other people. You know, it's just, it just happened like that. When you run in these circles, you know, you kind of, eventually you're going to meet pretty much everybody that really has our boots on the ground investigators, you know, and there's a big difference in that. You know, people that go out on the weekends because they're working a nine to five and they're there's like paranormal enthusiasts out there that want to go try to document evidence. there's a huge difference in that going to a commercial location, like say trans Allegheny or Milesville Penitentiary or any of the other notorious commercial locations versus going into someone's house and really getting down and dirty with it and trying to figure out what you can do to help these people. There's a huge difference in that out there. You know, there's two different it's similar, but it's a lot different, you know, because you've got, people that really are unqualified telling people there's demons in their house when they have no clue what the frick they're talking about. And it really can upset some lives when you go telling folks that when you don't even know what you're doing, you know, I've worked with many trained psychologists over the years and other folks on teams that I had and everything else. Even when I do an investigation before I even go there, I put the people through a pretty rigorous interview session that I use the same type of stuff we use in law enforcement. And, and I'll ask them the same questions in many different ways to see if they're making this stuff up. Uh, and if I think they're legitimate, then I proceed forward. You know, it's just the way I do things. not, not saying there's a right or wrong way to do it, but that's the way I do things. And, um, I will also have them try some things at their home and send me what they got as well. So, you know, we all, we all have our own processes, uh, doing this stuff, but, I utilize my law enforcement background quite extensively in in what I do.
1: I think that's awesome. So the other thing that we discovered, because we're talking about hauntings now, and then we can talk about other things. I know Mark's super excited. He's doing a very good job of containing himself. But you bought a haunted house. Can we talk yes. a little bit about that?
2: Yes. It was a place I had investigated several times before I ever became the owner. Um, became good friends with the owner and um, hear it through the paranormal grapevine, as we call it. Man, you got to go check out this house because it's crazy, right? So that's how I ended up going there the first few times and uh, checking it out and documenting some pretty crazy evidence as far as paranormal evidence goes. You know, shadow figures, drain batteries, numerous EVPs, crazy ghost box responses, unexplained knocks, bangs, footsteps. Uh, something hit the floor so hard it lifted me up the old you know underneath from underneath the floor like actually moved me and i'm a pretty big guy 240 you know and uh some pretty hair-raising things and then after interviewing many other people and investigators that have been there even before i was there and before i became the owner some of their stories and encounters that were just off the chain well it came to me several years later uh i got a phone call from the owner she's like dave listen i got a question to ask you and i'm like yeah what's that and she's like, we're moving the heck out of this place. There's stuff coming into our house now next door. And we're, we're just out of here. We're done with it. They truly felt the house had tried to kill both of them more than one time, something in the house, and asked me if I wanted to buy it. And um, I said, well, let me think about it, because it was a pretty negative location, a lot of deaths, a lot of suicide type stuff that went on there and some other crazy stuff. So after a day or two, I called her back. I said, yeah, I'll go ahead and buy it, because I thought to myself, well, doing what I do, what better of situation could I ask for by having my own paranormal lab, you know, and that's why I bought it. Cause I can control the environment. I know there's no BS going on. I pulled all the electric out of the house and everything else. I wouldn't get any false readings uh, off the EMF meters and everything else like that. So, you know, it was a, a lab basically. And I let other groups go in and report their findings to me and, some of the craziest ones in the first book I wrote about the house documented many paranormal things there. And I still own it. But there's a whole plan with that house and it's coming to fruition. And eventually, probably sometime next year, I will be knocking that house either knocking it down or having it burnt by the local fire department, because it's so negative in nature. I want to close the portal that's there that someone opened or may have been there for many Many generations, if not thousands of years, because it is a very heavily trafficked Native American area from ancient times. Uh, there's Native American burial round, mounds all around this place. The neighbors find arrowheads and pottery in their gardens every year when they dig them. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So you know, it's a very long story, and the many hair-raising accounts came from this location. Not only for me, but from other teams, hundreds of other teams had investigated before I ever became the owner of the place. There's a, a book, number two, that's coming out. Uh, Jen may have touched on it with you guys. Some some of the things that happened to me and her when I first took her to the house and let her do her thing, her psychic read and her walkthrough of the place and the property. And then what transpired that very night when we left and, and something really negative followed us home. So, you know, there, that story and many others will be in the book. And, uh, you know, I will say there is a movie in the works about the, the house and, and whatnot. That's all I can say about that.
0: All right. Well, count me in. Take my money. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Take my money. Take it now. I, you know, I think that's fascinating. And it's interesting because you talked about getting rid of the house. Do you think in the process of doing that, that will, I don't want to say solve. What is the right word I'm looking for? Yeah. Like close. Clothes?
2: The- Field, I don't know. Well, the, the whole thing is we hope that it'll close any portals. And we're also, you know, when we do this, there will be numerous clergy from various uh, traditions. Uh, they're blessing the land and the property. And, you know, there's an old time tradition of cleansing by fire. So that's yeah. the ultimate goal. I want to cleanse it by fire, if possible. If not, we'll do it the other way. If we do the fire ritual and everything, plus the, the clergy involved, we'll have a Catholic priest. A Baptist minister, a shaman, and some metaphysical folks doing their thing there, and hopefully it will heal the land from all the bad energy that happened on that property, which was a ton. It's an ongoing thing, you know. It's an experiment, if you will, in the paranormal realm, in the supernatural realm. Um, it's not about the money for me, uh, you know. I've closed, have that house closed because a good friend of mine was severely attacked by something in that house. He still has problems, and and not to mention just him, but other people too and uh it wasn't worth the money it's not worth having that guilt on my conscience of people getting physically injured not not only physically but mentally and spiritually injured in that place as well you know i've had hundreds upon hundreds of teams messaging me since the time i closed it begging me to go in there and i won't do it if it was about money i'd be i could have a lot of it coming in because i was you know the standard the standard thing was I would charge $300 a night for a team to go in from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and they could do their thing and share their evidence with me and we would document that stuff. But it's just not worth people being injured in all three manners, spiritually, physically, and mentally. It's not worth it. You know, and uh, as a responsible location owner, I think I was supposed to own that location for that very reason, to shut it down. You know, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. when you realize, hey, You know, as Jen put it, you have the keys to the red lightsaber closet and you're, you know, people are getting hurt in there. You got to do something about it. And she was right. You know, I really did. I I had to be a responsible location owner and do what I did with it and do what I'm doing with it now. Um, Doesn't mean I don't go in and still do stuff, but (laughs) other people, it's just not worth the risk for me, you know, and having that on my conscience. So, you know, it's a very different place. It's full of Masonic symbology you know, I'll be showing even more of that in the in the new book that'll be out at sometime next year. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to show those aspects. And I, I do think there was black magic practice in the house as well, probably in the 80s during the satanic panic era, you know, uh, because of the book that was found between the new floor and the, and the old floor, hidden on purpose. But there were so many people that, lived in that place and rented it, you know, and part of the records burnt in the fire at the courthouse many years ago. So, you know, it's unfortunate I don't have all the records, but, you know, I had a lot of people helping me. We're digging. We we got eyewitness testimony from the neighbors and many other people. So, you know, it's a very just compelling, crazy story with this place. And there's a lot of hidden stuff in that house. You know, a lot of things happened and there's a lot of newspaper articles I dug out some really crazy, bizarre instances where one of the men, the, the owner, the original owner that he was remarried, him and his wife were newly married, and they both had other relationships before, and they had kids from their previous marriage. They had 22 or 23 kids, and he was molesting his stepdaughters, or at least one of them, and he got caught, and they sent him to court, and he got fined $700. Now, this is in the early 1900s, which is a ton of money. But one of the most compelling stories was with this guy. You know, he went out to after all that went down, he went out to feed the hogs one evening. He didn't come back for supper. So they sent one of the older girls looking for him Well, they found him in his hog pen being eaten alive by his own hogs. And they ate his privates off His part of his ankle, his ear, his guts were hanging out. So you want to talk about a karmetic situation. If you read Mark five in the Bible, how the demons went into the swine, that's pretty compelling stuff right there. And that's just yep. one instance of the Willows Weep House, you know. So and it's documented in the newspaper. It, I, I'll never forget the headline. It says a ghastly sight. I yep. saw that
0: article researching it myself. And I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, and now Erica nopes out of everything. Erica's like, nope, nowhere going near it, nowhere <laughs> going near it. This was the one place that I went, hmm, maybe not. So, Mm -hmm. and then I, and then I saw day, I saw your post like, no one's ever going back. You know, I'm, I'm locking it up and I'm like, well, my, my thoughts were right. so
1: Well, and one thing that I, I have to say that I love that you said was that I call it the Jurassic Park theory, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of paranormal investigator enthusiasts, like the not ones that don't Don't think about that they are putting themselves potentially in mental, emotional and stuff danger by going into some of these places. And it's fine, but it's like, this is not something that necessarily has the best defined defenses. Like, how do you approach it? How do you do all these things? So if you get excited and go, oh, I want to go see this haunted thing, you don't know what is on the other side of that. Gateway or that that route that you're stepping into, because yeah, there are hauntings and now there are ghosts and there, but there are other things that are not completely defined out there that are way more dangerous than just uh, a a simple you know like a loop ghost that is just replaying whatever they were stuck doing right.
2: Yeah, there's intelligent entities and spirits that are out there and they are, some of them are very, very nasty. Let me tell you. And uh, I've seen it firsthand. I have you know, and there's talking about people in general, there's, like I said, there's different types of people. There's some that are adrenaline junkies and they want to have that, that scare factor and that creepy vibe. But then there's people that don't believe that want to have an experience or don't buy it, but they still want to see for themselves. I'll never forget this one guy. We were at this place and, Bunch of crazy stuff went down and he, his eyes were as big as saucers. He goes, this stuff is real. You know, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, it's real dude. What do you think I do this for? You know? And he was out of there quicker than you could blink your eye, man. I mean, he's like, I'm good, man. I'm out of here. And he left, he paid, he stayed like 25, 30 minutes paid, you know, paid the fee. And this was at a public event I did <laughs> and he, he's just out of there, you know? So so it's just, um, it can be very dangerous. I've been scratched. I've had some crazy injuries doing this stuff that I could not explain. The only result I was left with was it was definitely paranormal or supernatural related. I was at Pennhurst one time doing a TV interview at a big conference there. And all of a sudden my right cheek started burning, like fire. And I'm like, guys, there's something happened to my cheek. I didn't touch it. I was on camera t- doing a TV interview and they filmed a scratch form right across my face. So, you know, uh, I've had my head cracked by something unseen. I've had uh what I feel uh a spirit may have even broke my arm at a place in Indiana at this at this uh Malvern Manor uh joint. And uh you know, you know, it was just crazy. Crazy things have happened. I've been doing this for over 30 plus years, probably around 35 years now. And I've you know, you gotta remember I've literally been in thousands of locations and had some weird injuries that you could count on two hands you know so if you do the numbers the odds are you know hey you're most likely not going to attack physically but you never know what can happen to you spiritually or mentally i've had an i had an attachment after the wicked 46 case it turned out the same entities names were coming across different devices i had at several locations and still come through to this day in a threatening manner towards me and i really feel that these things do not like that we are helping other people and they reach out and lash out at you and try to stop you from helping people that they're trying to affect in a negative manner so you know coming from someone who has a lot of years of experience doing this trust me when i tell you there are negative negative entities out there that will hurt you if they can
1: yes no i agree okay we have to take a quick break and we will be right back travelers
0: Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over. With international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at DestinyBeard.com.
2: Erie,
0: Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch-black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe what are those apparitions in mammoth caves corpse rock or the satan spawn known as the jersey devil how do you respond when confronted by these mysteries from the metaphysical energy that swirls near serpent mound in ohio to point pleasant's mothman legacy mark muncie and carrie schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of appalachia read by mark muncie author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as ancient aliens the curse of robert the doll and many many more
1: We're back. We're we back. We're back.
0: back. Oh my gosh, that was riveting. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. I can't. I, this is this is so good. I'm so happy Dave's
1: on. So
0: yeah, I just um, want to say
1: I just had complete nope validation. That's what I took that. Yes, last time. I, I,
0: this is the one place I was gonna talk. I was hoping to even talk about the weep because that's one place. That's that's my nope. You know. So and that's yeah. that's saying. And
1: and don't get me wrong. I do en- um, enjoy being i I don't want to say investigating i enjoy being in some of the environments and stuff like that and have my own protection things and stuff like that that i go through but there are some things when people tell me i just go no i'm good that sounds like a portal is open to hell so i'm fine i'm gonna just i'm gonna stay over here because that doesn't sound like that's going to be fascinating instead sounds like i'm gonna have to fend off something and hopefully not take it home with me so i'm okay
0: now, now, Dave, you, you've gotten to do some investigations at some unique locations that uh, I've been following. One was um, back in Oklahoma, Florida.
2: Yeah. And
0: that <laughs> is the Ma Barker house. You were the first paranormal investigator allowed in the Mob Barker house. I think they've still only allowed a handful there.
2: You want to hear how that came about? <laughs> yeah. So, turns out my aunt uh, who's from, you know, West, I mean, we're all from West Virginia, but she had moved down there and, uh, they, they built a little house down there when they retired and whatnot. And, uh, I was down there visiting and this was numerous years ago and I had some time to kill. So I was checking out the town, went out to eat at this place called Gators. Highly recommend if you're ever in the Laaha area of Florida, it's on right on Lake Weir, and it's a beautiful lake, and you can sit out on the deck and eat. It's great food, man. And oh, Gator, gator town, the whole, yeah. yeah. Gator so,
0: Joe's is amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, man. Gator Joe's, it's awesome. Uh, and then they also have a little bar there that has all this gangland paraphernalia from the 20s and 30s, you know, all the Tommy guns and all this stuff. And uh, I got I went in there to have them have a drink, and I was talking to everybody, and I was like, Man, this that's awesome! And I was looking at all the pictures. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Mall Barker. And they're like, and then they started telling me about the house. It's right down the road. And I'm like, holy crap. And, and they told me how to get there. I had my drink and I rolled straight down there and I, it was for sale. <laughs> so I'm looking at everything. And of course, I look it up on, uh, on the real estate thing and, and they wanted $2 million. I was like, oh, that's out of my price range. you know. So I started doing some research on it and found out that the same family still owned it. All these generations uh, ago that owned it during the Mall Barker FBI shootout. And then during the, you know, I did the research. It's the longest FBI shootout in FBI recorded history. um Of course, Mall Barker and her oldest son were killed dead in the house, shot to pieces. I tried talking to the family. I said, hey, you know, I'd love, and because I started hearing rumors how haunted it was too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my bag, you know, and that's, I mean, no one's ever done this place. You know, I got to get in there. <laughs> and you know i love history too so this goes hand in hand with all of that and me being in law enforcement i'm like it's a i gotta get in there you know i'm just going nuts over this place well i talked to the person i needed to talk to that you know dealt the the family member that still owned it and uh, they're like no nah, we don't want anything like that because we're trying to sell it you know right. and i'm like oh man so four years go by right and my aunt, you know, of course, I was talking to her. She said, oh, yeah, we knew. About it. I said, why didn't you tell me? You know what I did? Are you out of your mind? You know, tell me about this stuff. If you know about it, the state's buying it. I'm like, what? The wheels in my head start turning. I'm like, hmm. She said, yeah, it's in the newspaper. And she sent me the article. So they put the house up on freaking a barge. They floated it across the lake to the state parkland over there and set it up. And that the whole plan was to let they're going to do tours and show everybody. Well, I got a. It took me three weeks of phone calls to get a hold of the right people. And I said, "Look, this is what who I am. This is what I do. I would love to. You know, any chance I could get in there just for? I don't care if it's two hours. You know, I'll pay whatever. Let me in." And uh, they're like, "Well, how about two nights?" And I'm like, "What? <laughs> oh yeah, you know so." Um, at the time I was doing a ton of investigations with David Weatherly, So I called him up and I was like, dude, guess what? I just got into and you want to come? He's like, oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we ended up, they let us in for two whole nights, you know, uh, and we, you go in and he gave me the, he gave us the, the $2 tour. You know, what I found, what was amazing was all the original furniture is still in it from the shootout. There's still bullet holes all in the walls. Of course, they replaced all the windows that were shot out and everything. But some of the rooms look like freaking Swiss cheese in there still. And they patched a few of them, like especially in the downstairs, downstairs area. But some one of the upstairs bedrooms is just Swiss cheese. And well, from what I understand and I what I saw in the really old pictures, the whole house was Swiss cheese. And um, so the furniture that was shot to pieces is still in the house. And they have little historical signs. You know, this was this and that and. Um, so we, you know, it was just a real honor and pleasure to be allowed to go in there. So, you know, we filmed everything best we could. We're not videographers, but we, we filmed our sessions. We got some amazing evidence in there, right where Mom Barker and her son were found dead on the upstairs bedroom floor. Um, we captured an SLS image of a stick figure crawling. And, and at the same time we were getting responses, we got, Her name, we got her son's name. And uh, another bedroom I was asking, I said, hey, Fred, what's your favorite type of gun? Colt, clear as a bell. Wow. A lot of really good evidence that pertained to the whole situation. So we got to do something with this. So I gave it to a good friend of ours that was a video. uh, He's an editor and he worked for BBC for several years. And he put together an amazing video of what we did and really added in some really cool Maul Barker and Fred Barker stuff. Of course we were going to put in some of the archival footage from the FBI, but they wanted tens of thousands of dollars yes. and couldn't do that. So like, like
0: NASA and just let it all free, man. That's, you know, yeah, NASA gets yeah. everything so, for free.
2: So. Yeah. And it was bought by like ABC or somebody and they, you know, they want all this money we're like, no, we can't do that. But what he did was it was amazing. We used a lot of the historical photographs, and things of the FBI agents and Ma Barker. And he did some really amazing stuff with it. So um, at that time we were the first and only people ever allowed in there. Of course, it took a couple of years for the video to get done and everything. Cause he was working on his own time frame. but I know they've let a few people in there. Since. Just a but, few though. And, it's still very, yeah,
0: yeah you've yeah. got to write ahead. You've got to show yeah. what you're going to do. And it's. Yep. Uh, I think it's like a six month before they even consider you. So yes. but that, yes. you know, there'd be a good travel for our people. Now, the other case that I fell in love with, and we did an early episode of our podcast, I was talking about the lovely legends of some of the ghostly ladies of the Appalachians. And so we got to talk about the Greenbrier <laughs> ghost.
2: Yeah. And, oh, by the way, you yeah. can get the DVD of that from oh. me. Okay. Oh, and we'll area. we'll put
1: a link because I think yes. that would be great. And then if you want to do your own yes. investigation, but I'll make a note. We'll put a link to the mm-hmm. the location too, and how they so they can yes. reach out contact. But yes. okay, so
0: yeah. Greenbrier, Greenbrier Ghost, because that that's I gave you special thanks in my Erie appalachia book because yeah. you, know, you were the
2: one who pr- paved the way for that. So tell us about how you got that. <laughs> Yeah, so of course I'm a West Virginia native, you know, and people know my name, and I've, you know, worked with and know a lot of people here. And I was kind of, I had this young kid that I was doing some work with. He's from from around that area, Lewisburg, and he wanted to work with me, and I kind of took him under my wing a bit. And he ended up becoming a minister of all things. So he's a really good guy and everything. And he wanted to learn some of the paranormal stuff, so I took him under my wing, and we. Went around and did several investigations together we actually stayed the night on uh in the museum which no one's ever done that on drew that, that's new <laughs> you know and they, they let me have access to that so long story short so he was uh he had an injury at work or something and he was going to physical therapy and he they were just talking around about stuff and the ghost subject the haunting subject came up and he goes out uh, his doctor his physical therapist started laughing and he's like what are you laughing at and he's like uh well, you know I own the Greenbrier Ghost House, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, wow. uh, no. And long story short, no one's ever been in it. I was allowed in it. Me and Charlie, this boy's name, Charlie, we went in it and did got uh, the family – uh basically got out of there let us do our thing and gave us four or five hours and got some pretty compelling evidence you know i got trout's name that was her her husband's name on some evps i got her name and i asked i said i i asked her i said zona what happened to you who, who killed you and he said she said clear Isabel bell trout so that's all i needed that made it all worthwhile right there and i have a weird synchronicity with all that right so i was in federal state corrections after the military for a couple of years our prison was mount olive well all the original moundsville inmates that were left when they closed the old west virginia pen because there's maximum security came to the prison i was working at so not only have i supervised a lot of those inmates I've also trained at the Moundsville pen and i am paranormal investigated numerous times. Uh, So there's like you can count as many people on one hand that have done that. And, of course, Trout was sent to where Moundsville pen after the murder where he died of a sickness as well. So it's a weird synchronicity thing uh, how I've spent all this time with those inmates and people he was around. And then, you know, because most of ninety nine point nine percent of those guys are lifers are never getting out. they're in there for murder and everything else so you know it's just a weird synchronicity thing and i was you know having doing being doing law enforcement like i was and then paranormal investigating i trained at the pen went to his house where he killed his wife he died at the pen you know it's a weird full circle thing kind of it was an honor to be that and then you know i talk about that in my book series west virginia real west virginia hauntings she's on the cover number one volume one you know that and uh zona the Greenbrier ghost famous ghost story if you guys have never heard of it, it's the only time in recorded history or known history that uh a person was convicted of murder based basically off of a ghost testimony so the story goes that zona's mom after she was killed kept having a dream every night and zona was coming to her saying he killed me he killed me she demanded. They've already buried her and everything. She demanded. She kept going and bothering the sheriff, bothering the coroner, the doctors, and finally they dug her up. And sure enough, they found that she was strangled, and you know all the signs of a strangulation. And then he threw her down the stairs to make it look like she was dead. You know, she fell down the stairs and broke her neck, but he actually killed her. And there was bruises of handprints on her throat and everything. So when she was being prepared for the funeral, he made sure that she he dressed her and everything, which is highly unusual usual in those days. The woman folk would always do that to other women that died. And he made sure she had a high neck dress on, and he had this weird scarf thing wrapped around her neck. So nobody would notice the bruising on her neck where he strangled her. And, um, you know, so long story short, he killed her, ghost told on him, and he went to prison for life and died in there. So it's a compelling story. It's a very famous story here in West Virginia and, uh, and, and throughout the world, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we have a great episode where Mark goes all the way through that as part of the case, which is awesome mm-hmm. to hear more details. But, but it, not, that's that's
0: based on Dave's original you yeah, know, investigation, so.
1: No, totally. That's why I yeah. think, you know, and just saying if listeners want to know more, they can yeah, find that episode. That up. But um, yeah. okay, I have, um, because we're going to be nearing time, and I can't believe we're almost out of time, so we're going to have to talk monsters another time mark yeah, yeah, monsters another know. time i know we talk oh, UFOs this time oh, no oh, we got- no ufos no <laughs> monsters those are gonna be two <laughs> other episodes dave will be back i have no doubt what is one of your uh scariest experiences i don't know if you get frightened by them or what the the reaction but what is one that a story you could share with us that was a lot for you in comparison to others how much could-
2: time do we have <laughs> Well, um, okay. as long as you I need. Can tell you two. I'll tell you two. Okay. The uh, so long and short of it, since Perfect. we have about minutes or so left, right? So, yep. the first one that comes to my mind, uh, I kind of touched on it earlier in the show uh, where I got an attachment from a case that I was on. So, I'm kind of known in, uh, around the paranormal world as being someone who really immerses myself in some of these cases. Like, I go and stay at these locations for a a lengthy amount of time in some instances i've stayed in locations for 30 days straight 24 7 before um so most people that do this they go one night and that's it and you know six hours seven hours they're out of there i've done numerous cases where i've immersed myself in in the people's homes where they're experiencing it because to me that's the best way to experience maybe what these folks are experiencing the longer I mean, it makes common, perfect sense that the longer you spend the location, the more odd, the odds are better that you're going to experience something they may be experiencing and they need help. So I need to experience that in, to, in order to get a get a grasp of what's going on there. Right. So this one particular house in it was in Wilkes-Barre, PA, um, this house was a notorious haunted house. And a, another good friend of mine, Noreen Balovich, who runs a, a show on YouTube for many years now called Paranormal on TV. She was a real estate person for many years, so she always is on the thing looking for haunted locations, right? So she called me up one day Go, she goes, Dave, you got to go do this place. And we ended up putting a team together because it had such a history and it was for sale now. It had such a history that the Warrens had been there in the 80s and the local college had a, actually back in the 70s and 80s had a, a paranormal program where you could, you know, delve into the paranormal a little bit in in you know, as extra as um, credits for your electives for college. Right. So doing some research, we found out all this stuff. Um, So we put a team together and we, they contacted the owner that had it up for sale. The last woman that lived there didn't die there, but she had, had some really bizarre things going on and numerous people over the years, after doing a lot of research, we went to the local courthouse, found all, it was a rental as well. Uh, there was one family there that had all kind of crazy experiences where the kids were floating and all kinds of crazy stuff. But the Warrens had been there. Lorraine didn't go in, but there's a famous newspaper article, her standing out front saying this place is very haunted. It's very negative in nature. Um and Ed went in and did some stuff there and um confirmed it was haunted as well. So in course Johnny Zapps a good friend of mine, he ended up becoming involved in this case with us too. He came down for three days and we we went there for 30, over, I think it was 32 days the first time, 24 7, a team of people. One guy left within a week and a half. He was out of there. He couldn't hack it. And he was gone, grown man crying. He said, This place is pure evil. I'm out of here. So, went there for 30 something days, came, took a week off, went back for two more weeks, took a week off, went back for two more weeks, took a week off, went back for two more weeks. And during these times, Uh, It was just very negative. Numerous people got attacked in the house, were having issues, uh, all kinds of stuff. Well, I was upstairs in the one bedroom one night and I was doing a ghost box session by myself. And a lot of this stuff was live on YouTube. Back in the day, I had a pretty good uh, YouTube channel. you know, thousands and thousands of subscribers and millions upon millions of views. And so did the guy I was with. He was the first one to do it. I was the second one to do it. So we kind of combined forces there and stuff. But we were mostly live on his channel back in the day. So we, uh, I was up there doing a ghost box session, and I was feeling really weird, like something was around me, and there was weird shadow play on the cameras. Of course, I couldn't see it because I was on the camera, but there, people were reporting it. And something came across. A, I had a ghost box running, and it this horrible growly voice said put your face down like that like it threatened me and then it felt like something punched me right in the throat i started coughing violently i couldn't breathe i, I said that's it i'm freaking done and i went downstairs coughed for like 30 minutes uh long story short after all that whole investment that's just one of many things that happened at that place and i wrote a book about it too wicked 46 you can get it on amazon if you want to. it's a day-by-day journal of what i experienced in that house." so when i got home from the final time being there within 10 minutes i walked in the house sound like a light bulb popped in my house and i searched all the light bulbs all the light bulbs worked, none of them popped. then i started smelling this horrible rotting flesh smell in my house rotting flesh and a feces smell i'm like what the frick's going on here well as a little bit of time went on, I was going through, like, the worst time of my life after this. Like, I went almost financially bankrupt, went through a crazy divorce, my health was having issues, and every night I was having this dream that this black cloud was surrounding me, and these black arms were coming out trying to grab me. I'd have the same dream every night for weeks this went on, and then finally, and they, every night they would get a little bit closer, a little bit closer until finally one night one of them grabbed a hold of my shoulder right here on my on my left shoulder and i you know i was kind of shrugging it off biting it off and it ripped my shirt and i woke up and i was in a cold sweat and everything and i looked down and my shirt was ripped and i'm like what the frick and i had a little scratch on my arm well i'm going through all this negative stuff in my life too at the same time and i and then the light bulb came on in my head and i said oh my god i got an attachment from this place so I went and sought help. I'm not Catholic. I went and got blessed by a Catholic priest, a Baptist minister, and a shaman. And I kid you not, within a few weeks, everything turned around for me. That's how I knew I had an attachment. It took me several months to realize I had an attachment. But wow. when I realized it, I took care of it. And it luckily for me, it changed overnight. And I, that book also serves as a reminder to people that this stuff can be dangerous and you can get attachments from doing it. And, you know, there's an old adage, an old saying that says, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. <laughs> and, of course, the guy I was there with, he was he was delving into some dark stuff. I was there to document stuff. And and uh, he was the the and he ended up buying that house and then reselling it. Because he wanted to own it for his own location, but he got really into into some dark stuff. He was opening he opened a real debit box in the house, and I was there to document stuff. And I was like, "Look, dude, I'm not cool with this." He was doing Ouija boards. I don't do Ouija boards, but I, you know, I signed on to be his lead investigator and, and document stuff for him. And And he was the main guy on the thing. So none of us talk anymore. All the people involved with that investigation are no longer friends, except for I'm still friends with the one girl that was there, you know. But, um, you know, I don't talk to none of us talk anymore. And it was just a real bad scenario. Also, what people may not realize is we actually remoted in Mark and Debbie Constantino to that house and did a live remote EVP session. And we got the word demon numerous times and some other stuff, you know, and they were all the way out in uh, Nevada where they lived. And it wasn't long after that investigation was the whole murder, suicide situation yep. happened with them. So, you know, if you don't know who they are, look them up. <laughs> They're a pretty well-known couple that were considered EVP experts. Well, well, you can take that however you want it, but they were on numerous TV shows doing that. And, um, we very well known in the field for doing that. And, uh, So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Is it coincidental? Maybe, maybe not. But it was very compelling. John Zappos was there. Uh, A lot of personal stuff was coming through the devices to him, geared toward him and threatening him uh, because his uncle Ed was in the house. You know, it was very bizarre, very compelling stuff. That was one. The other one was at the Malvern Manor, what I was telling you guys about, where we investigated this place. It was kind of a new location. It was very cool, very aesthetic, you know, and the guy had let us in the garage, which nobody had been in the garage. When we were going in the garage, when we went in, he showed us, he said, you got to be careful with this garage door, guys, because it does not stay up. It will slam down every time. And it's heavy. He said, watch. And he put it up and wham down, it went right. So he lifted it up and he goes, I got this big pipe here. Just wedge it up underneath and you'll be fine. So we went through, did our whole investigation. And at the end of the night, we went into the garage. That's where we're going to finish up you know some good evidence nothing real crazy or anything Uh, had some weird experiences but when we're coming out to close up for night it's about four in the morning at this point you know four four thirty in the morning we one of the guys pulled the pipe while the other two of us held the garage door up and we went to set it down it wouldn't budge it stayed open we're like what the frick and uh he was adamant this thing will slam down every single time right so we're like okay so let's yank on it maybe we can get it down three grown men you know you're talking 900 pounds of men trying to drop this door door down he showed us it slammed down two or three times so i'm like oh god what are we gonna do we can't leave this thing open because people can walk right in the house you know we're gonna have to call him it's four in the morning he's gonna be pissed you know so as i'm looking up his phone number i'm standing there and you know we jerked on that door for 20 minutes trying to get it to close couldn't it wouldn't budge i'm standing there dialing his number and the garage door slams down and the metal handle on the outside door hits me right in the forearm and breaks my arm oh, and my i god. you know i dropped to my knees i had a big knot on my forearm like oh my god my arm's broke and uh you know after i regained composure after 30 minutes of laying on the ground going oh my arm you know was killing me and a big golf ball swelled up on my arm immediately we locked they the other guys locked it we got in the car and we went we went to our hotel and stuff and uh we called him the next day and he's like, there's no way that could have happened. No way. So in my opinion, and other two guys opinions that uh, something supernatural happened there. And that thing lashed out, whatever's in that house lashed out and hammered me. (laughs) So when you realize, yeah, when you realize that some of these things are strong enough to punch through to our reality and actually physically hurt you, it's pretty unnerving to say the least. And I'm here to tell you it's happened to me more than once. You know, it was several times over numerous years of doing this. But, and I, of course I had my arm x-ray it was fractured. It did fracture my arm. And uh, so, and uh, there's several other crazy ones i had. But those, that one and then the one where I had my head cracked was pretty uh, intense. <laughs> uh, you get to visit
0: our, uh, our favorite place, the May Stringer House in Brooksville.
2: Yeah, that's a new TV show actually me and Jen are on. And uh, it's called A Haunting We Will Go with christopher garantino um we filmed an episode down there and we're going back in a couple of weeks to film more episodes for that so yeah that'll be released on discovery canada and europe and then it'll be all over like prime and everything else here in the states so yeah. I'm, we're super stoked about that and you know we'll share it out when it comes and we'll have merch for it and everything else it'll be cool
0: yeah, we'll uh, we'll share that too because you we know, we love the May Stringers, they love us. So we, we oh, say yeah. hi to Jesse May and uh, Mister <laughs> Nasty up in attic for us. So. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> well, uh, a lot of the stuff we did on that show is talking head stuff and uh, opinionated stuff, and and you know it's just a cool. Christopher is a very unique uh, filmographer, man. He I love his stuff because it's original. The way he does it's original. It's not the same old cookie cutter BS that we see on all these TV shows. And he has a whole different outlook on a lot of this. And he approaches it from an investigative reporter slash filmographer standpoint as well. So I think it'll be a, something very cool and refreshing to everyone. And, 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 and it, the, the show reminds me of my 80s childhood and uh, trick-or-treating and stuff. It's so awesome the way he did it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real pleasure to be working with him. And we have some other stuff working with him, too, coming out in the near future. So I, I can't wait to share all that with you guys, too
0: yeah and we've got jenny coming on serenity jenny she'll be on in a little over a week so uh mm-hmm. for, when, when when we air so we're excited for that and uh so dave shameless self-promotion time where can we <laughs> find you
2: you know where 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 can people find
0: you well, if they need you so
2: my website is still down it will be up anytime now uh doing a revamp on some stuff uh, i'm also excited to announce west virginia hauntings volume two and three will be coming out real shortly um And then I'll be, you know, continuing on with that series through many other states, Indiana, Tennessee, Kentucky, Pennsylvania. Uh, That's a whole series I'll be doing for many years to come. So, because I have so much stuff, it's just going to take that long to write all these books. But um, that's coming out and you can find me on my website, www.davespinksparanormalinvestigator.com. Type in Dave Spinks on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. You can see where I'm at, what's coming up. And, uh, you know, base makes world of weird that's another project we have well we closed our our brick and mortar store because of landlord issues and stuff like that but we decided we're going to go mobile with it uh for a couple of years and see how we like that so we'll be taking the world of weird on the road to festivals and fairs and some of the conferences and events that are outside so we're looking forward to that we've got a huge 20 foot box trailer that'll be a mobile store man and we'll have some of the cool stuff in it that we had at the brick and mortar store along with my books and everything else crystals the whole nine yards toys for the kids t-shirts and you know all that good stuff all the so, fun stuff yeah, yeah a lot of fun stuff so you know we'll be doing that for a while and then maybe we'll get another store we don't know <laughs> you know just it, having a store is a lot of work because you're tied to it so if we can take the store with us what better way to do it when we're doing it i mean I think from September to October, between me and Jen, we had 27 events in two months. So it oh, was crazy. Rare. We're just now trying to recover from that. So,
1: Dave, it was wonderful having you. We will absolutely have you back. I'm I'm sure to go over monsters and UFOs yeah. because we barely touched on things. But thank yeah, you let's so talk much.
0: Monsters next time. Yes,
1: yeah, we will we'll we'll, talk we'll, monsters next we'll, time. we'll
0: definitely next time. We'll talk monsters. We'll, yeah, because
2: we'll I got that. I want to talk to you guys about the two new books I got coming out bigfoot and uh, a new mothman book so oh well yeah we'll, we'll
1: have to do that soon but, soon. but <laughs> yeah. make a note pencil that in, um, pencil them
0: in. <laughs> yeah yeah we will uh, we, cryptid cryptid miss is coming so you know we yeah, might do that
2: yeah yeah but, and a new cookbook will be coming out too so.
0: oh yeah that was what I'd say that's one of my favorite things i've ever got was from the world of <laughs> i got dave's cookbook which has some of the most he had all the amazing monster hunters and ghost hunters give him their family recipes, and then he added a bunch of his own, and it's incredible. And I, you know, I that's one of my treasures. So,
2: oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I never dreamed that a book would do that well. But Cooking with Cryptids on Amazon, folks, if you don't have one, get one now. You know, one for cryptid, cryptid mist, or you know, yep, whatever your holidays, right. or Krampus
0: knocked. Yeah. yeah, there's there a Krampus, <laughs> yeah, there's a Krampus recipe in there. That's so right. but. Um, Thank you again, Dave, for coming. And gang, this was a you know a real pleasure. Like I said, we are literally just scratching the surface with with Dave. Many facets of the uh, paranormal here, and we will be reaching back out again soon. Definitely leave us comments, share, like, subscribe, the usual, and let us know if you well, you know how quickly you want him back because we'll talk to him. Gang, be watching for us for all our events coming up in the new year and all of us over the holidays. But keep watching the skies, listen for those knocks in the dark, and. As always, we'll see you on the other side.